Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. With almost a billion people on Facebook, it is difficult for you to continue to ignore social media as a platform for your business. Some experts predict that in the future it's going to dominate every single management decision. Where does that leave you and I? If people's if 40 million people visit Twitter a day, if people spend 4.7 billion minutes on Facebook, how can you imagine possibly that your business will not be there and it will still be seen? And so the world that we knew is rapidly changing right before our eyes. The fourth point I would like to talk about is redefinition of the customer attitudes and expectations. Today's customer is customer or buyer 2.0. Internet compliant, high demand, very sophisticated, extremely knowledgeable. I read a post, I read an article about an Anglican bishop in England who put up a sign in church and said, please retweet my message. And it was a shock. What a shock. Because the typical idea is that we'll write at the entrance to the church, put off your mobile phone because it is disturbing God, ostensibly. But this pastor wrote, please retweet my message. What was the idea? He's recognizing the fact that if there are 200 people in the church and they can retweet the message, it is as effective as sending them out on evangelism. So he was encouraging them to leave their phones on silence and retweet the message. Going forward, you will see some of those notices begin to disappear off the church walls. And an encouragement to tweet the message. I predict that churches will provide wireless internet and even provide the notes on a screen for you to retweet going forward. The way we do business is changing. The customer today sometimes knows even more about the product than you do. When you are preaching a message, the person is holding a device, cross-referencing and checking what you are saying to see whether it is true. The statistics you are rolling out, the customer knows it more than you. The world is changing very rapidly and we need to be aware of these developments. The fifth point I would like to bring to our attention in terms of emerging trends is what I call youth power. With 41% of Africa's population under the age of 15, we can't afford to ignore the young people anymore. I'm yet to see a clearly defined strategy by the political class, especially the political parties, to address the 18 to 25-year-old voters. Because most of the discussions we have in the media will not reach them. The content, the packaging, the style do not reach them. The issues that concern that age bracket, in my personal opinion, are being totally overlooked. And I predict that any party that can craft a strategy to address the 18 to 25-year-old-olds and speak to their issues, articulate it not just in the way that responds to them, but with the vehicles that would reach them in the place where they are, would make progress going forward. Because the sheer numbers in that bracket 
are amazing. Our children today spend a significant amount of time on Facebook. They carry phones and they, they do all manner of things and they are so savvy with devices, you can't believe it. If every parent here will admit it, when your phone is giving you problems or your iPad is giving you problems, the first person you turn to is your teenage child. They have the answers, they have the dexterity, and they are ahead of us. What does it mean? The sixth point I would like to bring to our attention is technology is ubiquitous. Today, technology is everywhere. In every field of endeavor, in education, in business, as individuals, our lives have been totally immersed under technology. I was interviewing an 80-year-old retired teacher, and she came to the studio with her Bible, digital Bible, <laughs> and her laptop. And I was looking at this supposedly analog. I mean, you would assume that at her age she would be analog, but she was very abreast with technology. The question I'm asking you, if you are in the working bracket, is how strong are you on technology? Not just familiarity with it, but how are you using it productively to increase efficiency and effectiveness in the workplace? The seventh trend that I would like us to observe is increasing competitive pressures. I look around here and I see a number of CEOs in the media, education, banking, and they will tell you that it is it's, it's, it's challenging, it's continuous, it is non-stop, it is unpredictable. And today your competitor is not just the person next to you on, on high street producing the same item or doing the same business. But somebody in Asia, somebody in South America can launch a new product and within hours your business is under threat. And so in crafting strategy, you no longer think locally. You no longer look at your immediate environment. There is a borderless redefinition of the traditional competitor base. Many of your competitors are invisible. The eighth point I would like to bring to our attention in terms of trends, emerging trends, is the negative impact of cost-cutting and time pressures on innovation. Why is this point important? You look around and you, you find out that because of the rapid pace of competition, many people's strategy is driven by what did the competitor do last week? What are our friends doing? And so people spend time in the boardroom simply imitating. Instead of investing in innovation, time and money in innovation, we spend most of our time in imitation. And we think innovation is expensive because it requires research and investment in something that will not yield results immediately. It may work for you in the short term, but in the long term, you can never build a strong, viable organization based on imitation. Haven't you heard a story about somebody following somebody only to find out that the person had driven into a cul-de-sac, a dead end? When you, when you are driving in traffic and somebody branches somewhere, you follow, assuming that the person knows a shortcut. You may just end up in a dead end. And I know that's very familiar with many of us. The ninth point I would like to bring across in terms of trends 
is what I call unemployed at birth. Unemployment has now become a major global issue. We don't have the local copyright over it. It's a global issue. Every election across the world is being driven by unemployment. In America, in, in Europe, in Africa, everywhere. The Arab Spring was occasioned by 31% employment in Tunisia. Last month, Spain hit the unenviable 25% approximately unemployment rate for an European country. That's frightening. Greece, 22.5%, South Africa, 24%, Senegal, 48%, and good old Zimbabwe, 70%. What do these numbers mean to us? What do they mean for a person going to take a university degree and looking to the future with hope and aspiration? Can we guarantee that they will find their space in the economic marketplace? Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N.E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,